Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Wednesday, another hump day, 7th of December 2022. We are creeping ever so quickly, I nearly said ever so slowly, but we are creeping ever so quickly to Christmas, the end of the calendar year for everybody and the end of the financial year for many organizations. And if you're not currently putting every uh, everything in place to try and close out the year as quickly as possible and as hard as possible and as successfully as possible, what I hope you're doing is putting together a platform that will enable the first quarter of 2023 to be absolutely extraordinary. So uh, in today's episode, I wanted to talk about the importance of emotional intelligence as a leader. Just come back from running a masterclass for a group of uh, group of leaders at an organization, a phenomenal conversation. It was a short, sharp masterclass, uh, had 20 odd people in the room and uh, lots and lots of energy. And we talked about the power of emotional intelligence and how important emotional intelligence is to us as leaders, uh, particularly as we lead a team through towards the end of the year and leading into the new year, but also when it comes to change. If there's one thing, and I'll just call the bleeding obvious here, if there's one thing that is absolutely certain as to what's going to happen over the next 12 months, it is that things are going to change and things will not stay the same. Now, for many leaders, that's a real challenge. And uh, one of the things we talked about today is many leaders in this particular organization uh, and I'll say this respectfully, are stuck in the old world. Their their mindset is right now thinking about, well, nothing has actually uh, needs to be changed. Nothing is broken. So why do we have to change? And why do we have to embrace new ways of doing things? Why do we have to embrace new technology? Why do we have to bring new people into the organization when the people we've got can do the job uh, just as well as anybody can? And it's a really interesting conversation that we had today because we realized and they realized that, you know what, they can't stop change. All we can do you start to think about how we best adapt to change and embrace change. And it's a really good lesson for leaders, particularly when it comes to the example we set. And I talk all the time about leadership and how important it is to role model excellent behaviors and be really conscious of what you stand for and what behaviors you want to be demonstrating because your team are always watching your every, every move. And so today I wanted to talk about, in this context, emotional intelligence and why it's important for leaders when it comes to embracing change. Now, every single conversation I have around emotional intelligence, I start the session with a question. That question is, how do you define emotional intelligence? What is emotional intelligence? And at its core, emotional intelligence is the ability to be able to identify, first of all, and then manage your own emotions and also the emotions of other people. Now, when I share that definition with teams, often I'll get asked the question, hang on, can you actually manage the emotions of others? And the answer really is no, we can't. We can't manage the emotions of other people. We can influence potentially the emotions of others. But I think from an emotional intelligence point of view, it's more a case of being aware of the emotions of other people and how those emotions may play out in the actions and the behaviors that they take and therefore in the results that they get. So really at its core, it's it's about us as leaders thinking about, can I identify my emotions? And can I, based on that identification, can I now regulate those emotions and utilize those emotions for good and not utilize those emotions for not so good or for evil? 
And so every conversation I start to have with leaders around this uh, leads to or describing what are the components or what are the categories of emotional intelligence because it's very easy at a surface level to say, well, hang on, it's just about your emotions. If you re- if you identify your emotions and then you can regulate your emotions, isn't that all there is to it? Well, that's a really simplistic view and there's a very surface level view. We need to go a little bit deeper because in today's podcast, I want to talk about the four key components of emotional intelligence, talk about uh, emotions and give ourselves permission to feel, but also think about all of us going through some level of change. What are some things we need to be conscious of? And certainly as leaders, what do we need to make our team conscious of to help them through any change that might be happening? Now, sometimes as leaders, we might be dealing with change uh, with our team in the workplace, but also there might be a lot of stuff happening outside of the workplace that is leading to change for the individuals in your team, which does, by the way, have a possible impact on how they perform at work. So our leader's responsibility is to, I guess, lead the whole person, not just lead the work person. So being conscious of some of the stuff that might be happening in people's lives outside of work when it comes to change and how that might have an impact on their ability to be effective at work. So we'll talk about a change curve as well. So firstly, let's talk about the categories of emotional intelligence. Now, if you've read uh, information about EQ, you probably have heard of the name uh, Daniel Goleman, and Daniel is an author and psychologist, and probably world-renowned in terms of his research and the information he shares around emotional intelligence. Now, what he talks about is the four elements or the four categories of EQ, and this is really, really important for us as leaders to understand and leaders to implement and be aware of. So the first one is self-awareness. So as a leader, how self-aware are you? What level of self-confidence do you have? What sort of emotional awareness do you have? And are you in a position where you can recognize, label, and then regulate your emotions, but also recognize that based on those emotions and sometimes the behaviors that you demonstrate based on those emotions, how does that impact other people within your environment? So how self-aware are you? Now, I was reflecting on on this today, and there's a number of people within my sphere of influence who, when I look at it, and this is not being disparaging at all on these people, but they simply don't have a high level of of self-awareness. Now, I would even argue that perhaps they don't know how to label their emotions or they don't know how to regulate their emotions based on the situation that they find themselves in. So there's almost like a disconnect between how they're acting and how they're behaving and the situation they find themselves in. So for other people looking at that, they think, wow, that's that's a bit of a strange uh, strange thing that's happening. Yeah, I wonder why that person's choosing to do that. So the first thing we need to be really conscious of is having a level of and a high level of self-awareness. Now with that, if we can regulate our emotions and recognize our emotions, we then need to get really good at this thing called self-management. And that is how well do we get on with other people? How well are we at controlling our emotions or regulating our emotions? Are we very intentional in terms of our behaviors and can we adapt based on the situation that's in front of us but not have our emotions take over those actions? And there are so many examples that I've, that I've seen and even the last week there's been a lot of examples I've noticed leaders uh, feeling a certain way but then just reacting to the situation that they find themselves in and not actually regulating their emotions and then being intentional with their actions and they end up getting a result that perhaps in the cold light of day, they didn't actually want to get. And that creates a whole host of other problems. So as a a sales leader in particular, particularly as we get to the really pointy end and the really crazy end of the year, really, really important that us as sales leaders can actually regulate our emotions and be intentional with the actions that we take. The third category is social awareness. So this is all about empathizing. Can we as sales leaders 
observe what's going on, but also read between the lines because sometimes there'll be conversations that are being had and the physiology, the body language, and sometimes the energy that's being demonstrated in those conversations will tell a completely different story. So the social awareness part is can I actually read what the big picture is? Can I actually think about what and, and hear what is being said, but also understanding what is really being said? So it's almost tapping into your intuition or your intuitive faculty and really thinking about, okay, I'm observing this. This is actually playing out in front of me. But what actually is the real message here? And that is a unique skill that great leaders can develop over time. And it means that you know when they develop their high IQ muscle in social awareness, it can make the difference that makes a hell of a difference. And the last category in the four, the four categories is relationship management. So when it comes to facilitating the conversations, when it comes to influencing others and developing others, how good are we at cultivating relationships and how good are we at collaborating with others and getting a mutually beneficial outcome? Now, I, I look at this and say, well, if I do the first three categories really well, if I'm really self-aware of my own emotions and I can regulate those emotions and if I can then manage the activities and manage the behaviors based on how I'm feeling and in the process I'm also socially aware, then it makes it a hell of a lot easier for me to therefore manage the relationships and get the outcomes that I'm looking for. So one of the things around all this is when you ask people how they feel, and I asked the group today, how do you feel? When somebody asks you how you feel, how do you normally respond? And it's interesting that no matter which group I go and talk to, every single group comes back with the standard surface level responses. And you'll you'll hear things like, great, good, okay, not bad. And sometimes you hear people say, fine. But most of the words we use to describe our emotions are very basic and very common used uh, words. Now, I introduced the concept today of permission to feel or what's known as a mood meter, which comes from Dr. Mark Brackett. And Dr. Mark Brackett has done a huge amount of research, particularly with kids, and he's done this in the UK, in and around emotional intelligence and introducing this into schools and primary schools in particular, helping kids to better articulate what emotions are that they are feeling so that they can then, first of all, identify them through the articulation and then be able to regulate them through specific strategies. Now, God forbid we need this because I've got to say that as a, as a leadership coach, there are so many people I walk into and I work with who don't necessarily have a high level of EQ and yet they're the first people to say, yeah, I'm very emotionally intelligent. I'm, to, I'm completely in touch with my emotions. And I can control my emotions in the situation where it needs to be controlled. Now, I call BS because the most people are at the mercy of their emotions and at the mercy of other people's emotions as well. The great work that Dr. Mark Brackett's doing is he's teaching kids how to regulate and how to recognize these emotions and giving them permission to feel whatever the emotions are. Because one thing we need to understand is emotions are transient. That means they come and they go, which means according to the law of polarity, we can't really experience ecstasy without knowing what it is to feel despair. So there's always going to be opposites. And the permission to feel part, which Dr. Mark Brackett's putting in place in schools, is giving kids permission to feel the emotion that they're feeling, but being able to recognize that and then emotionally regulate that. And think about how can I use this emotion for good and not for evil. An interesting thing out of his research is there's over 16,000 words that can be used to describe feelings or emotions. And yet we as humans, we as adults in particular, simply use good, not bad, great. We very rarely, if ever, hear anybody answer that question, how are you feeling with? I am quintessentially unbelievable and only getting better. 
And if they did answer like that, somebody would be looking at them as if they're a complete alien. So the key message here as we move into the change part of the conversation is be really clear on what the emotions are that you are feeling and be able to recognize those and then be able to regulate those. And that is through being self-aware, being able to self-manage, being able to socially be aware, and also be able to manage relationships in an empathetic way. Now, one of the key things around leadership, and as we continue to move into 2023, uh, change is going to be inevitable, and change, if anything, is going to accelerate. And as leaders, we need to be prepared for that, and we need to start preparing our team for that. And as part of that preparation, it's really important for us as leaders to know where we sit in relation to change. Now, I, I shared a, a model today known as the Bridges Transition Model, which I draw parallels to the hero's journey, which was originally put forward by Joseph Campbell and many of the blockbuster movies. And the first blockbuster movie that used the hero's journey was The Wizard of Oz. And essentially, the hero's journey, of which we're all on one, is a series of 12 to 14 steps, uh, which starts in what's called the ordinary world or the old world and ends up in a new world or a, a brand new brand new beginning. Now, the transition curve or the transition model has three key stages. There is the endings, which is classified or as I classify as the old world. You've got the neutral zone, which is often classified as like the transition lounge or in the, in the hero's journey, it's the threshold. So crossing the threshold, which is the gap between the old world and the new world. And then you've got the new beginnings, which is the brand new world. Now, when things happen, and sometimes uh, when you talk about change and many and ask people about change, particularly around their appetite for change or how they how they view change, many of them put a cross up and say, oh, don't come, don't come near me. I don't want to I don't want to change anything. I, I like things the way they are because if if nothing's broken, then why do we need to fix anything? But we all know, and particularly in sales, we need to continue to evolve and we need to continue to change. Because if our philosophy is there's another level of performance to get to there are more results and better results and higher results that we can achieve, then it stands to reason there has to be some form of change that we go through. Now, sometimes when people are, uh, are forced to go through change, sometimes that change has been uh, placed upon them and therefore they're not necessarily expecting it and therefore they start to react accordingly. And this is why emotional intelligence is such an important thing because nothing really has meaning until we allocate meaning to it. So for many people... Change is externalized and people like to blame others or blame circumstances outside of themselves for the change and therefore they're enabling themselves to feel a little bit more secure because their need for certainty is so strong. Now, when it comes to any form of change, and in this particular organization's case today, there's an organizational structure that's coming in that's going to impact that particular organization. And for some of them, they are going to be sitting in the ending, the old world. They want to remain in the old world. So the first the first emotion that might be felt is an emotion such as denial. They're actually denying that this is actually happening. They can't believe that the organization has made the decision to make the changes that they've made. And so some of the emotions that might stem from that could be a level of shock, it could be a level of anger, and it might also be a level of fear. And sometimes that fear, particularly when there's an organizational structure or when there's like a merger and an acquisition, sometimes the fear is, oh my God, what's going to happen to my job. So very quickly, people can go from having a, a business-based outlook or a team-based outlook to having a very individualistic outlook in terms of what's going to happen to me. So the first emotion or the first category might be in the endings, there might be a level of denial. Now, as we recognize that this change is here, this is change is going to happen and we can't, we can't prevent the change, it might start moving towards a thing called resistance. And with resistance, there might be a level of frustration and there might be a level of stress 
that starts to get created because of the resistance. And we're trying to think about how can I resist this change? How can I delay this change rather than how do I embrace this change? And as leaders, if we are demonstrating some of these emotions, then just think about how that's going to play out for our team. Because as John Maxwell always says, the law of the lid says that if we're at a certain level, then our team cannot be anything but a level below us. So be very careful in terms of the emotions that we are demonstrating when we're going through some form of change. Are we as leaders in the denial phase? Are we as leaders also in the resistance phase? Now, they're the two key uh, emotions that most people are going to feel when it comes to the old world or the endings part of the transition curve. Now, in order to get to the new beginning or into the new world, we've got to cross the threshold. And for many people, this is a very difficult step to take. And this is why I call it the transition lounge, because it is a neutral zone, but it's also a place where there's a lot of uncertainty. And for many people, a lot of ambiguity. And you can almost have one person or people sitting with one foot in the old world, hoping that things will go back to the way they were, and one foot sitting in the new world, hoping they don't have to take the bigger step and jump completely into the new world, hoping that through some sort of process of osmosis, things just work themselves out. Well, it very rarely, if ever, happens. So one of the things as a leader, we've got to understand that change will happen, We've got to embrace change and look at the positive side and focus on the things that we have control. And as leaders, we've got to show by example. And that takes us into the new world by jumping across the threshold into the new beginning, which for many of us, just so we understand this, it may be the unknown. We don't know what we don't know. And it's completely outside of our comfort zone. But as good leaders, what we'll do is we start to explore. And some of the emotions that might come into this when we start to explore is you might have a level of curiosity. We might now be looking to learn new things, maybe taking on some new skill sets, looking at some new tactics and and some new strategies, and maybe just maybe some new opportunities. There might also be an opportunity to be more creative. And we start to develop a level of acceptance to say, you know what, this is not as bad as I perhaps thought it was going to be. And how can I start to embrace that? Now, as you continue to move into the new beginnings, you end up getting to a position where you start to get committed to the new world. You now realize that the new world is not as bad as perhaps you thought. And in fact, it's going to offer a lot of opportunities. So there becomes a new level of hope and a renewed sense of energy and a renewed sense of purpose. Now, when that happens, as leaders, we look back to the old world and sometimes we're going to think, my God, I can't believe we spent so long in the old world. We should have actually come to the new world a lot earlier. Now, A really important point here for us as leaders is you may still have, even though you are embracing the new world and the new beginnings and you can see what the future is going to look like and it's a lot brighter, you may still have a lot of people that are hanging on for dear life in the old world, not wanting to let go, hanging on to old habits, old methods, old methodologies, old thinking. Um, We need to encourage them as much as we possibly can to step across the threshold into the new world, but also support them as they cross that threshold. And that means we need to be really, really emotionally intelligent, be aware of the emotions that these guys may be feeling, but also say, hey, it's okay. Give them permission to feel that, but give them the support. So as a leader, this is a really important uh, topic for us. It's a really important responsibility that we have, particularly when it comes to change, irrespective of the type of change, whether it's change that's been imposed upon you, whether it's organizational change, whether it's something you're leading, Proactively in terms of the change, we've got to recognize that change is inevitably an emotional journey for most people. So as an emotionally intelligent leader, we've got to recognize our own emotions first, but also they recognize the emotions that our team are experiencing and lead them through the transition model, encouraging them to step into the new world, knowing that they're going to have your full support 
in the process. So I trust that message helps. It was really, really eye-opening for the team today. And it really came down to them taking responsibility for where they're at, uh, them recognizing the change for what it is, but also getting really dialed in on what the emotions are that they are experiencing and thinking about how can they use those emotions for good and not for evil. So uh, with that said, I trust that hits you at the right time and maybe it's a message that you just need to hear because there might be some stuff that you're going through or in fact, there might be some stuff you're about to go through that this message may help in the transition from where you are to where you're going to end up. So I hope that is a helpful message. And as a quick reminder, before we wrap up this particular episode, when you are ready and when you are committed to take your leadership to an exceptional level, and in the process, helping your team become extraordinary at what they do, love the opportunity of having a conversation with you and potentially working with you one-on-one to help you drive that accountability and let you fast-track that development over the next 90-plus days. Uh, To do that, go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom. Have a conversation about where you're at, but also if you want to get directly to me, send me a text message at 0412-33554. If you're outside of Australia, of course, plus 61. 4123554. So I very much look forward to that conversation. Once again, thank you so much for plugging into the podcast and look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.